1: Did your
2: world change when you met Jesus Christ? Unbelievable. In place of Galilee came the world. John was to become the bishop of Ephesus. Peter would go to Rome and Andrew as far as the borders of Russia. You see, that's what God wanted. He wanted us to follow him, to live dangerous and see where he takes us.
0: Most people's lives consist of routines. You get up at about the same time, leave for work at the same time, and on and on through the day until you go to bed. It was the same for the disciples until they met a man named Jesus. After that, their lives were completely different. Pastor Mark will be teaching about Jesus' desire to do the same to and for you you'll find out more about your purpose as a Christ follower and what you need to do to start living dangerously and do work to benefit the kingdom of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. we will be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter nine as he continues his message. Follow Jesus, live dangerously, expand your world.
1: A superstitious Woody Allen
2: is still working hard at 72, but he's terrified of the void in his life. He calls it the meaningless flicker of life. Woody says, Your perception of time changes as you get older because you see how, how brief it is. You see how meaningless I want you to think what he's thinking about life. I don't want to depress you, but it's a meaningless little flicker. Then he says this, so why go on? I can't really come up with a good argument to choose life over death. Now think about that. I can't really come up with a good argument to choose life over death, except that I'm too scared. Too scared to do what? To take his own life. Let me ask you a question today. Is Woody Allen seeking for truth? Yes. You see, Woody Allen has the same problem that every single person has that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't need to write them down, but here they are. Empty, guilty, afraid of death, and lonely. Isn't it amazing? It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, male or female, famous or unknown, American, European, Asian, African, Latino, white, black, brown. Those four things are common to every single person who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. First thing for you to write with expand. Expand your vision. Everyone without Christ is lost. So when you look at your neighbors, your co-workers, your boss, the person that owns the company, the student next to you in the class, you go, well, I think they have it all together. No, they don't have it all together. The Bible says they will never have it all together until they come to a knowledge and a relationship of Jesus Christ. You see, something's missing. What's missing? People instinctively know God has put eternity in the heart of every person. God put it in there so that man would know when he dies, he will live somewhere forever. Man instinctively knows that. Everyone is on a quest to find God, but they don't know it is God that they're looking for. They're confused. Woody Allen, listen, is looking for God. He just doesn't understand it. You see, that means to me that every person needs to hear the good news when God opens the door. Now, why are the fields white to harvest, and yet not many people relatively are coming to Christ? Two reasons. Number one, the verse then that says, there's too few workers. There's two people. In the fields, looking at people who need Jesus Christ. Who's going to tell the Woody Allens of the world that they need Jesus Christ? Me. We're workers in the field. Pastor Mark, that sounds like work. Hello? (laughs) Jesus called us what? Workers. Well, Pastor Mark, to do that, I'm going to have to step out of my comfort zone. Hello? (laughs) But that's not me. Hello? At your comfort zone, I just want to come to church and sit in my little seat right here. I've been doing it forever. It's wonderful. We like to have you in your seat. That's cool. No problem. Take a risk next week. Sit in the balcony. Whoa. Come to a different service. Ah. Start. Come on. Get out of your comfort zone. So number one reason lots of people don't come to Christ is because I don't have the vision to see that they're lost. What's the second reason? Satan knows that once a person accepts Jesus Christ, he has lost them to his kingdom. So he offers all kinds of alternatives. Buddhism, Mormonism, Hinduism. Do you know Oprah has a church now? Oprah has a church that meets on Monday nights worldwide. Do you know how many members she has in that church? I'm serious. I'm not joking. you know how many members she has in the church? Three million members. Now why? Because they're looking for what? Answers. By the way, she's lost. Her church says that any way is a good way to God. Well, that's false. You say, well, that can't be. Yes, write this next statement down. God created everyone with an emptiness that only he can fill. Only he can fill. So what does that mean? Well, it simply means that I have this red bracelet on to remind me to proclaim the good news, to minister to hurting people. We went to the people up in Lamplighter Village and down at Barefoot Bay and all of the We went there to show the love of Jesus Christ. It's not just witnessing, but it's loving people angel food that we do is a way to minister to people. To do this will require you and I to live dangerously, to get out of our comfort zone, to step out of it. Now, I have a little thing I want you to write, one more thing about expanding. You have to do a little uh, abbreviation. I just did it to help you write. F, J, and L, D mean simply follow Jesus and live dangerously, okay? If you do that, it will expand, number one, your life, and it will expand the kingdom of God. You have to do both. When I step out and obey God, it will change my life because I'm now going to be involved. It's exciting. That's what I was meant to do. And second, people are going to come into the kingdom of God. What do I mean by expanding our life? Well, let me give you an illustration. When Jesus came to the earth, he went to the Sea of Galilee and he called his first disciples there. They were fishermen. They'd been there all their life. Let me read to you from Ken Hughes what their life was like before they came to Jesus. Listen. The first disciples, while following Jesus meant an immensely expanded life. The horizon of these fishermen's lives before Jesus was bound by the margins of Galilee. Once in a while, they would leave the little area of Galilee in North Israel and they'd go down to Jerusalem for a festival. But by and large, they knew little more than the deck of their boat, the currents of the lake, the handful of people in the marketplace. In other words, Ken Hughes says this. Before the disciples met Jesus, they were in a comfort zone. If they'd never have met Jesus, and you fast forward to the end of their life, 50 years, their days would have always been the same. A little bit of opportunity to fish. Same lake, same boat, cleaning the same nets, feeding fish to the same people, going to the same marketplace. Once or twice a year down to Jerusalem for festival, that was it. But then they met Jesus. And listen to this. Then Christ came and how their world changed. Could I hear an amen on that one? Did your world change when you met Jesus Christ? unbelievable. In place of Galilee came the world. John was to become the bishop of Ephesus. Peter would go to Rome and Andrew as far as the borders of Russia. You see, that's what God wanted. He wanted us to follow him, to live dangerous and see where he takes us. They had no idea when they began to follow Jesus where they would end up. That's the excitement of life. But it wasn't just to expand them. It wasn't to get them frequent flyer miles. It was to expand the kingdom of God. This is a young couple, Bobby and Katie. I married them a little over a year ago. They're members of this church. They're 21 and 22. When they got out of college, they began praying And they wanted to see what God wanted to do with their lives. They hadn't heard this message, but God had been speaking to them. Let me read you the email I just got from the other day. I prayed over them two weeks ago. They're in Thailand. Let me read you. Pastor Mark, over the past year or so, we've been seeking God's will for our lives. Through prayer and Bible study. In a quiet time. Now, we believe that God has called us to serve in Thailand for six months for a cross-cultural experience and to serve others here in Kaen, Thailand. We are working with a group called Campus Outreach. We will be helping teach the English-speaking children of the missionaries who live there. There are about 22 children from ages 4 to 16... And we'll be helping in the classrooms, teaching physical education, assisting in the development of a drama team, and many other evangelistic outreaches. Aside from working the children, we're going to be participating in activities and Bible studies with the missionary families. Now, we definitely expect to grow closer to God, relying on Him over here for everything. It's a very humbling experience to come to a country where we speak very little of language and have to rely on others for almost everything. We really expect God... Notice, we really expect God to just use us to bless the team here. We want to be able to serve others who are in need. Now, please pray for our strength, our trust, our marriage, and his direction in our lives. And also pray for open doors with Bobby's family, with whom we are staying here, as they do not yet know Jesus. Now, thank you, Pastor Mark, for your time and prayers. It's greatly appreciated. Much love, Bobby and Katie. Now, who are these people like? Well, they're people just like you, 22 and 21, sitting in our services. God begins to speak. By the way, how did God direct them to Thailand? Did you understand in her email how God directed? What did they do about a year ago? They started what? Praying, reading the Bible, and having a what? A quiet time. You see, I didn't say, hey, Bob and Katie, now that I marry you, I'd like you to go to Thailand. No, God did. Now, to do that, they had to what? They had to step out of their, tell me, their comfort zone. By the way, they saved all their money and paid for their own trip over there. Now, do you think that's expanded their life? Tell me. Yes. And is it expanding the kingdom of God? Absolutely. Would you go? If God called you to go, would you go? Pastor Mark, move on, would you? No, would you go? Understand this. If we're in the center of God's will, nothing's better. Yeah, but I have to step up. Nothing's better. That's what we were made to do. To live daily. This is not just a bracelet. This is a lifestyle. The reason the world is plumbing into hell is we sit in our same seat. Week after week after week, nothing happening in our lives. Because it's all about me. Here's 22 and 21 that go, what do you want me to do, God? God says, why don't you go to Thailand? Go for it. They step out. They do it. I want to challenge you. We have to be on the offensive. God wants to use this. It's not about being comfortable where we're at. We'll have a billion years to be comfortable in heaven. Turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees, religious ruler, Jewish religious ruler, named Nicodemus. A member of the Jewish religious council. Let me just give you an idea. This well-trained Jewish religious leader is going to come to Jesus. He's going to search for truth. Now, he came to Jesus at night. This is where you got Nick at night. This is Jesus and Nicodemus. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, what's the flowering stuff here? Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Now, if I'm human, I'm going to say this after Nicodemus says that. Well, you're right. I'm a pretty good teacher. Yeah, and you're a Jewish person, and you understand how great this is, isn't it? Thanks for coming. What can I do for you, man? Jesus doesn't go for the flattery. Watch what Jesus says. Verse 3. In reply, Jesus declared, Nick, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now, notice what Jesus did. Jesus doesn't condemn Nicodemus, Jesus knows how to witness, to share. Nicodemus is a very religious man. What does Jesus know about religion? Religion is always a dead end. See, the Jews, being religious, thought if they're good enough, they're going to heaven. To a member of the Pharisees, the elite of the elite, member of the Sanhedrin, to the top. Jesus didn't condemn his religion. But he says to him, let me tell you the truth. See, he knows why he's there. Why is he there? He doesn't really know that religion's a dead end, but he knows what Jesus has, he wants, but he doesn't know what that is. Jesus just says to him, Nicodemus, if you want to find fulfillment in life, if you want to go to heaven, one requirement, religion has nothing to do with it. You've got to be born again. Born again simply means born from above. It simply means spiritual. We're all born naturally, but there has to be a spiritual transformation in us. There has to be a day when I ask Jesus Christ. That's all Jesus is saying to him. Nicodemus, if you'll put your faith in me, this spiritual birth will bring spiritual life. He goes on, and they banter back and forth. Look down in verse 7. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Now, the whole chapter talks about Nicodemus not understanding it, going back and forth. We're not there today. My point is this. Number one, Nicodemus knows he doesn't have the answer to life. Do you know how many millions of people are sitting in churches today? And they're going through dead ritual, but they're still empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. You'll talk to people. Are you a Christian? And they'll tell you the denomination. No, I'm Calvary Chapel or I'm Baptist or I'm Catholic or whatever. That's not the question I ask. Here's the question we have to ask. Been born again? Has Jesus Christ come into your life? Have you changed? Do you have the assurance that you're going to heaven? So the next expand you want to write is simply this one. Jesus did it perfectly. Expand your witness. In other words, learn how to share the good news. When people ask you, what do you mean by follow Jesus? You ought to be able to tell them. And the greatest way to witness is not, listen, I think way of the master is good. I think the four spiritual laws are good. I think the Roman road is good. I think the bridge illustration is good. I know them all. You should know them all. But if you follow Jesus, every person he talked to about being born again, he used different terms. He used different ways. Woman at the well. He knows she's got trouble. She's been married five times and lived with somebody. He says, you want living water? The rich young ruler comes to him. He doesn't say the rich young ruler must be born again. What's he say to the rich young ruler? There's one thing keeping you from following me. It's your money. Get rid of your money. Come and follow me. You see, he knew the heart of the people he was witnessing to. The most powerful witness you have is your own testimony. You ought to be able to say to people in three minutes, here's who I was, and this is what happened to me. My life's changed. Oh, I'm not perfect. But my life, I have peace. When I lay down at night, I know if I don't make it through the night, I'm going to heaven. I have hope. I know that. Because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about religion. I go to Calvary Chapel. I've been to every service. Who cares? It's great that you're coming. But if you've never been born again you'll never go to heaven. And that's what he says to Nicodemus, Nick, you can be the head of the Sanhedrin. You're brilliant, but you're empty. You need God. Now, the thing that I think is challenging is at the end of this chapter three, great verses, as you know, God so loved the world and all that. At the end of chapter three, Nicodemus leaves Jesus unconverted. He doesn't get born again. And we don't see this. Jesus going, oh, Nick, come on back. Let me see if I can come up with something else. No, he leaves him go. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that has to deal with people. So all of a sudden, we fast forward to chapter 7 in John, and Nicodemus is kind of dealing with some things, and he's kind of, well, he's supporting Jesus now, which is strange because the Jews are against Jesus. And then we go Maybe a year and a half or two years later. I don't know the exact time. But where do we find Nicodemus? We find him at the burial of Jesus. Notice what John 19 says. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night, and he brought 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. What happened? Sometime between Nick at night... And Jesus' burial, what happens to Nicodemus? He's born again. John 19, if you look at it, he's called a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. So what do I have to do? This is the next expand you need to write. Expand your patience. Becoming a Christ follower, it takes time. We'd like to expect everyone we share with, boom, believer, doesn't happen. It simply takes time. Now, sometimes immediate, but most people, it's a process of coming to Jesus Christ. So don't get discouraged at all.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about the exciting plans that God has for your life. You heard what the attitude of a famous celebrity had towards life and death and how inferior it is to how God wants you to live. You learned that Jesus came to invade Satan's realm of this earth. You were told that Jesus' attitude is the same one that you should be taking on as you live your life. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously, Expand Your World. You'll hear about a conversation that Jesus had with a religious leader and Jesus' reaction to what was said to him. You'll learn a term that the ancient Celtic Christians had for the Holy Spirit and how it applies as you try to create a lifestyle following his lead. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry.